This is Bridging the Gap with Love, Episode 15, Andrea's Story, Part 2. I'm Heidi Brower, a birth mom. And I'm Jessica Johns, an adoptive mom. And this is a podcast about our own stories and experiences with adoption, while hoping to provide education and support for birth moms, potential birth moms, and anyone with a connection to adoption. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today is the highly anticipated part two of Andrea's story. Just a reminder, we recorded this while we were at Bear Lake and Jessica was at home. So this was the first time that we played with Zoom and the sound quality isn't completely perfect. But again, you're not going to want to miss what is being told today. It really is just a beautiful story about love between two moms. Enjoy. I think a good one to ask here is, um, at that time, 20 years ago, adoptions looked differently um, through LDS mm-hmm. Family Services and through throughout most adoption agencies. I don't know if this was called like a semi-closed adoption or what it would have been called at that time, but like, or maybe it was considered an open adoption because you did, you were given some information, but how do you feel about that evolution of meeting Heidi on that day and now fast forward 20 years later and here you guys are at Fair Lake, your combined families together. Um, how do you feel about that evolution of your adoption? Oh, I feel like it's just exactly the way it was supposed to be. I, I don't remember them calling it a fully open adoption because we didn't give, we were still going through uh, LDS services when we were corresponding and she didn't know my last name. I didn't know her last name. We didn't have emails or phone numbers at that time. So it was just letters going back and forth. And I'm, and I know that that killed Heidi to have to wait for things, wait for correspondence, wait for pictures or whatever. But we had established, you know, from the beginning that we will respond as much as she reaches out to us. So we were going to kind of leave the ball in her court the whole time until it got to the point where they said, okay, now we're going to let you guys decide how you want to go from here. LDS services is going to step away from it. And we decided that we were going to do it through email, I guess. Right. At that point, at that point, it was like through email and it was just, it was just Heidi and I that were communicating via email. And then over time, you know, when, when Alex was five, we met at the park and I had my parents there and Heidi had her parents there and, and Heidi had had Kennedy. And so we got, you know, and I also had Ethan, I think. Yeah. Cause Alex was five. And so it was just this casual thing. Um, we had always told Alex from the beginning that she was, that she was adopted. We never hid anything from her. I did it in a very, I was hoping it was in a very natural way um, for her ability to understand it. You know, we didn't like vomit all this information on her, but in, in the beginning it was like, okay, you came from my heart, even though you could come from my stomach kind of a thing. And, and Heidi is our friend and, and she's helping it. She helped us out. Mom couldn't have a baby. So Heidi had the baby for us. And that's kind of how it started just when she was young so that she understood. And we didn't want any, there to be any surprises. And anyway, I kind of got off 
topic there. But um, so as time progressed, Heidi would just communicate with me and say, Hey, you know, can we get together for the, for this meeting or that meeting? And there were times where I had to say no, um, depending on the situation. And then there were times that, that I felt like, yeah, I, I think this is, I think this would be really good. And so as it progressed through the years, um, at least on my end, I just felt like it was, it was the right way it needed to go, even though it may not have have been as quick as maybe Heidi or her family had wanted. But the good news is that she was respectful to me and she trusted me that I would be doing the right thing for Alex. And that's always what it was about. And so then when Alex turned 18 or was it 19 that we were like, okay, she's at a good place now. She, I always asked her, you know, what she wanted to do. And and she was at that point where she was like, yeah, I feel good about just direct correspondence, even though Heidi still reached out to me and said, Hey, are you okay? If I, call Alex or if we do a FaceTime or whatever, she was always very respectful to me um, in asking me about that. I just think it's so cool for other adoptive parents and birth parents to hear this kind of like natural evolution, um, which is different now, like adoptions moving forward. um, They're just different. Like I didn't have that same experience of having to transition from not knowing last names to all of a sudden having, um, you know, being granted more information or something like that. But um, I just think it's really cool to hear how sometimes you said yes, and sometimes you said no, and you're still able to have like this really um, like great relationship where the focus was always on what's best for Alex right now at this point in her life. And I just think you guys are a really good example of always keeping you know, Alex and her feelings and, and what she needed at that specific time in her life at the forefront. And I think when moms can come together and do that, that that creates just a really selfless, healthy relationship for everybody. Good job. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not to say that it wasn't hard. I mean, it was hard for Heidi to hear. I'm sure that I would say no at times. And it was hard for me to say no, because I loved Heidi and I didn't want her to feel like she was being rejected or that she was doing something wrong. It had nothing to do with that. It was always about, okay, is Alex, you know, emotionally, mentally okay with what's about to happen? Or I, I also have a son that's, that's adopted as well. Um, who's two years younger than, than Alex, and he's on the spectrum. And so whenever we would have encounters with Heidi or gift exchanges, he would, he would kind of go to this place of like, well, wait a second, where's, how come my birth mother's not doing this? Because my, my situation with his birth mother is completely non-existent. She told us very early um, that early on that, that she didn't feel the desire to continue communication and that she just didn't really want to do it. Not because she didn't love him, but she just felt like her mindset was just different. It was her second child that she gave up and, and she just felt like he's yours. You know, I, I'm starting my own family over here and I just, 
She just felt differently. I don't know any other way to explain it. And it was fine. Not that it was right, not that it was wrong, but it was just different. And so a lot of times I really had to take into consideration how, how he would feel about certain things. And, and so that was really hard to know what to do. And I just had to kind of have faith, I guess, that things would turn out okay because of it. But I just, I just kind of, I had to put them first, if that makes sense. And and the good news is uh, that Heidi always respected my decisions. She never tried to manipulate me. She never um, did anything to make me feel guilty about it or pout or whatever, you know, which could happen. You know, there's people out there that would threaten or whatever. And, and Heidi was amazing. Yeah. I know she's amazing. <laughs> okay. I think that will lead us really well into our, our next question. Um, what fears or insecurities have you had to work through as an adoptive mom? Uh, okay. So fears and insecurities, um, not a lot of different ones, one or two of just big ones. And that is, maybe just one. <laughs> and that is, you know, well, two, I guess. So like, am I good enough? Am I that that thought, you know, has crept into my mind so many different times. Am I doing what Heidi would want me to do as Alex's adoptive mother? Would she be proud of me? Would she be upset with me? You know, that was a driving thought in a lot of things, especially as I was going through my divorce, I was divorced for eight years and I actually hadn't told Heidi about it out of fear of her feeling that she made a mistake. So I waited two years before I told her and, um, and I wanted, before I told her, I wanted to be in a place where I was self-sufficient and where I was taking care of the kids so that she wasn't, didn't worry about their needs and their safety and their, you know, just being taken care of. So that, that was really difficult. Um, the other fear that I had was once Alex turns 18 and she's able to establish this open relationship with Heidi is she going to wish that Heidi hadn't given her up once she got to know her? Because I don't know about you, but I think Heidi's pretty freaking amazing. And I always have. Um, she probably doesn't like to think that I had kind of put her up on a pedestal because, you know, a lot of different times people would ask me, like, who's your hero? It wasn't my mom it was Heidi because I can't think of a bigger sacrifice than to give up your child. I just, I just can't even imagine it. And the love that Heidi and her family have to be able to, to make that sacrifice is just incredible. I couldn't do it. I'm not, not that cool. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, that was, that was a, a real insecurity and it's still it still exists I mean coming here to this family reunion she's got some pretty great siblings as well and 
they all love her, love Alex and they've just accepted us all. And it's like, it's like, we feel so comfortable and we do feel like family. And then, and then the adversary puts that thought into your head. Like, what if Alex doesn't want to come home with you? What if she, you know, wishes da, 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 da. And so it's something that I consciously have to go, okay, stop. That's not, that's not right. That's not, you know, that's not real because, because I'm not giving Alex enough credit. Like she, she does love me. And there have been several times here where she's come and checked up on me and said, Hey, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Are you sure? Is something wrong? Something's wrong. No, no, nothing's wrong. I'm just sleep deprived from all the (laughs) partying, (laughs) staying up late, playing games. So yeah, those are probably the two biggest fears or insecurities that I've had. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I think it's just helpful to hear that um, that's normal to have those feelings. A lot of adoptive moms will be able to relate to that um, and that they don't necessarily go away, but they kind of subside and you just have mm-hmm. to constantly work, work through them. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. I would love to hear just a little bit about Alex, what she's like, how you feel about her and um, what you would want her to know. Dang, I thought it was done. Should have brought tissues in here. Right, I'll just wipe my tears on your shirt. Um, she's just a joy. She is just, gosh, I can't even think of all the right words. She's always been a very special individual, a very special spirit. And people have always seen it. Like whenever at church, I've always had different bishops come up to me and go, you know, that Alex, there's something special about her, you know? And, and it's true. Like she just, she's just very loving, very caring, very loyal. She's a very loyal um, daughter Um, very loyal to her friends, very loyal to her siblings, very loyal to the guys that she's dated. Like she's just, and just always had a very soft heart. Um, She's got a very cute personality. Um, She tends to be shy. Um, A lot of her shyness too can come across as, as shyness, even though she's more, um, introspective maybe or she likes to figure things out so if she gets in with a group of people that she doesn't know she's going to kind of hang back and not because she feels stupid but because she's going to assess the situation first and then and then decide when to jump in she can socialize with people but she like she always wanted to be a private investigator when she was in high school and um she she was always she still prides herself on watching who done it and she knows exactly who did it you know and she's like yeah i figured it out like i don't know so that's always been kind of fun um to experience that she loves dance i i um what's the word i brainwashed her (laughs) 
the only thing I can think of because I teach dance um, and I've always had a passion for it. And Alex has always been very coordinated, which I do believe she, she got that from, from Heidi and her birth father, I think the coordination aspect. So it was really nice to be able to get to teach her. And so she and I shared that love um, with her growing up. She's always loved that. She's girly. She, she loves to do hair and nails and, and eyelashes. But then on the flip side, she loves to play sports. She loves softball and to be active outside. She loves animals. Um, she loves doing things like that. So she's just a very well-rounded kid. Um, yeah, she's just, she's just been so much fun to raise and she really going through her teenage years, she really wasn't, I mean, she definitely had her moments like all teenagers do, but she, she was a good kid and, and it was really fun to, to raise her. I was always very, very grateful that Heidi chose us. Okay. What? What do you want Heidi to know about how you feel about her? Well, I've told her this a lot. You know, I mean, I said earlier on that I put her on this pedestal and it's not that she can't, like, you're not allowed to make mistakes and, you know, cause you're human. I understand that you're human. Just like I would hope that you would, be understanding of the mistakes that I make on a daily basis. But I just like, I couldn't be prouder of the person that Heidi is. Um, Alex can be so proud of you. You know, I, I just love you. Like you're my sister and I don't know what else to say. Like, I just have this, this awe you're just awe-inspiring for me to be able to do that and then move on with your life and accomplish so many things and you do so many things and take care of your family and you know you've been dealt a lot of uh, a lot of um adversity besides this like you know life goes on and you've just handled it with so much grace and and you just stay faithful and it's just, it's just really inspiring. You know, I feel like I just need to like get on my knees and no. <laughs> bow down because, you know, I say that as it looks like I'm joking, but like, like I'm not, it's just, you're an amazing person. Always have been. Thank you. Hey, Heidi, what, what, what do you want Andrea to know about how you feel about her? Um, Andrea is also one of my heroes because she did what I couldn't do. She raised Alex. I mean, could I have raised Alex? Sure. But that's not, that was not part of the plan. And so... Andrea was the mom who was meant for Alex. And I just think that you did the most amazing job. I mean, look at her. She's amazing. <laughs> she, not my doing. <laughs> she's amazing. You have to give yourself credit because 
Mm-hmm. You know, she's gone through a lot too in her young 20 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, you did all of the right things of, you know, putting her first and making sure that all of her feelings, even if, you know, you had these other fears, it's always been about her and, you know, having her go through therapy and all of those things too, which I think is such a huge, um, amazing thing because you it's, it's about her and how can she process through these things and how can she be the most healthy human, you know, possible so that because she has to go out into the world and, you know, bless lives of others and just be healthy for herself. And I just think that, you know, I think that's a lot of kudos to you and you've been through so much and you're just like one of the strongest people that I know because you have gone through so much. And I remember you put a post about all the moms that you were on Mother's Day. And I remember <laughs> looking at that and being like, she is so right. I've never thought about all of these titles of mom that you are, that you are and have been. And it's amazing to me because you, I think are so much stronger than you give yourself credit for. You've been through so much and you have raised these three amazing kids and you're still raising them and they are phenomenal kids. And I just, Thank you. I love you. I know that you know that. And I just feel like our souls just get each other. And how lucky are we that we get to experience this and we get to, you know, and I'm just thankful that you have allowed me to be a part of Alex's life. And that I think the most exciting part about it is that it's not like we're going to say goodbye and this is over. Right. Right. Like it's just this continuation of this relationship and, and we are family and I don't know how to explain that to anybody else, but we are family Mm -hmm. and it, it really doesn't need to be explained because we get it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but I love you. And then thank you for everything that you've done for her and your family and for me and my family. Of course. I love you. Well, I wish I was there in the claw with you. So I could I give wish you, you here. Let's go like this. Yeah, a big snotty here. hug. <laughs> I just think that was so perfect. And I, I know everybody could feel just the love and um, admiration that you two have for each other and the roles that each of you, the really, really important roles that each of you have played in not only giving Alex life, but um, making her life rich and full and so happy and blessed with so many meaningful relationships and so many incredible family members that are going to be cheering her on for this Mm -hmm. whole life and for all of eternity. And it just makes me feel like she's just the luckiest girl to have both of you um, and all of your love and support behind her. So I just know she's a special girl. Yeah, thanks, Thanks, Jessica. Jessica.